Welcome back to PHM Experience, the podcast. We are excited to share a word with you from our very own Bishop Dwayne L. Bull. We've been in a series on faith, and this week, the title is Great Faith, Greater Faith, and Super Faith. I pray that you are blessed by this message. So the Spirit of the Lord is here today to speak to us about our faith. Amen. It's important that we understand that this is not a time, amen, to be studying faith. It's time to be practicing faith. So we have to be a people that put the the study and the learning of our faith into action. And so we're believing God for great faith, greater faith, and super faith in this season. Say that with me. Great faith, greater faith, and super faith. These three components of faith, great, greater, and super, amen, is a function of action, amen, by the person. It's important that you understand that in this season, God is requiring an effort, amen, from his people to believe him at a level that you cannot see, amen, or even hear. It's important that we walk by faith and not by sight like never before. Let's go into the word of God today because we have been students of the faith for many years, but this is a season in time that we must be a people who practice their faith on a daily basis. You have enough word in you right now. You have prayed enough up to this point, amen, to change the world forever. And so miracles, signs, and wonders are waiting for the activation of your faith. Uh, Glory to God. You must understand that even Jesus taught his disciples for three and a half years, but it came a season, it came a time when he stopped teaching and he put them into activation. He sent them two by two, glory to God, amen, to carry forth the miracles of God. The scripture says in Mark 6 and 7, let's go to there real quick. Excuse my voice, I'm trying my best. Amen, Mark 6 and 7 is a time of activation. I prophesy to you today that I believe that God is activating your faith to accomplish things, to achieve things, and to enter into new dimensions that you've never entered into before. I want us to stop looking backwards and back into our memory about what God has done for us in the past. I need you to understand that we're in a new season where God is working creative miracles for and through his people. And so we must be have foresight in this season to understand that God is going to do things through us that we've never seen before, never heard before, never seen manifest before. And this season, the warfare I'm going through right now shows the level of importance of this word. The scripture says in Mark, the sixth chapter, in the seventh verse, and he called unto unto him the twelve and began to send them forth two and two and gave them power over unclean spirits and commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey. 
save a staff only, no script, no bread, no money in their purse, but be shod with sandals and not put on two coats. 10th verse, and he said unto them, in what place soever you enter into a home, there abide till you depart from that place. And whosoever shall not receive you, not hear you, when you depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. This shows us in the scripture that the that the disciples were no longer in a student learning mode. They were in a mode by their teacher, their master, to activate that which was now been taught and downloaded into their spirit. They now had to practice what's been preached to them. They actually get got instructions that if they don't receive you, that means they weren't just following along with Jesus and supporting him. They now went out into the hedges and the highways and began to minister to other people as they saw their master do it prior to this time. And so it is a time of activation. It's not, it's wonderful that we study. It's wonderful that you pray. It's wonderful that you know how to quote the scriptures. But now it is time to put that which you know into force, into action. God is counting on his people to bring forth results and increase in this season like never before. Praise God. And so we, we shift over to Matthew 25. Matthew 25, and we'll read, it is time for some results. I'm talking about great faith. Greater faith and super faith. Say that with me. Great faith, greater faith, and super faith. Amen. God wants us to not just know the stories of the Bible. He wants us to create some new stories of faith in our time. It is imperative that we be the people who carry out the assignment of the Holy Spirit in this last day. Excuse me. In, in the name of Jesus, we are here today to honor the Lord, not just with our praise, but we also honor and give God glory through our action. Our action, our effort is what's going to bring forth the miraculous in the things of God. Matthew 25 and 14, the Bible reads, take your time, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. I'm in St. Matthew 25, picking up at the 14th verse, traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. 15th verse says, and unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability. Underline that right there. Underline according to his several ability. And straightway took his journey. 
Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. That's increase. 17th verse says, and likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. He doubled what he was given. The 18th verse says, but he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckon with them. In other words, he said, I need to take an account of what I gave you. The 20th verse says, and so he went, so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, well done. Thou good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And that's pretty, that's pretty exciting. 22nd verse says, and he also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained for other two other talents besides them. 23 says, his Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Let's keep reading. 24 says, then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I know thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. I was afraid. Underline that. 25th, 25th verse says, the man said, I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Hmm. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. 26 says, his Lord answered and said unto him, thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I soweth not and gather where I have not straw. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received my own with usury or interest. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents, for unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance, but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Lord have mercy. I read this scripture to let you understand a principle about God. 
God will not give you, amen, uh, an ability that he is not respecting an increase and a return on. He gave three people a different level of talent or ability. And so based on the talent that he gave them, amen, he, uh, he determined, amen, the probability of that person based on how they responded to what was given. It is imperative in this season that you and I understand that God has given us his Holy Spirit, that God has given every believer a talent, an ability, a gift that needs to be brought forth in this season to bring glory to his name. He's not just giving you the word of knowledge for you to be able to read somebody's mail address. He doesn't give you the gift of prophecy just so you can tell somebody's future. We're not soothsayers. We're not, amen, we're not con artists. God has given us a gift and a talent. Some of you have been given the gift of giving. God has blessed you to know how to sow, not just into ministry, but into people's lives. And we cannot sit on the sideline in this season, in this pandemic, amen, keeping our gift getting dusty because we're not able to function like we're used to functioning. It is imperative in this season that we continually to move forward in the things of God because God is going to come. There's going to be a day of reckoning when he is going to say, what have you done with the gift that I have given you? Now, most of us quickly would say, pastor, you're called by God. You're supposed to preach. You're supposed to pray for people. You're supposed to do what you're doing. Because you're called by God, but everybody, my call is a gift. Literally, my call of pastoring, of preaching the gospel is a gift from God. It, it is something that he has downloaded into my life so that I can bring forth his word and bring forth, amen, glory to his name and challenge people to live their lives as close to God as they can by sharing the word of God. But I'm not the only one that has a gift. You have a gift. It may not have a church title. It may not have some big position, but I promise you there is something that God has blessed you with. Be it the one with the one talent, the two talent, or the five that will bring forth an increase, that will bring forth a profit for God. Your prayer should be, we should stop praying for more. We should be praying for profit. Huh. We pray for new houses and cars. We pray for pay raises. We pay for power. But we should be praying. Say, Lord, let me double what you gave me. Lord, let me bring increase to what you bless me with. Lord, may, may your name be glorified with the word, with the talent, with the ability that you've given me to function in, in this season of my life. Too many people are asking for more without bringing God profit to what he's already given us. 
word of the Lord was with me this year, and he began to challenge me. It's not the more that we need. It's the maximizing of what we've already been blessed with. I hope you hear me all right. It is important that in this season that our prayer is to maximize the potential, the opportunity, the gift, the, the, the platform that God has put us on. I believe there is great faith in the room. I believe there's a greater faith in you. And I believe there's a super faith that yet needs to be realized. Oh, yes. Today, I'm challenged with my voice. Hey, this is my challenge. What is your challenge? What is the thing? It would have been easy for me to say, I can't preach today. I don't have a voice. But the anointing of the Lord, the word of the Lord, would not be hindered because of a fleshly hindrance. There are everybody has something that we can use as a scapegoat of why we cannot perform what God has caused us to do. Moses was a stutterer. He stuttered and he could not speak without stuttering, but he still had a call. He still had a call on his life. What is it that's in your way that's hindering you? <laughs> Moses stuttered. Today, laryngitis is challenging me. Huh. Somebody else says, I don't have enough money. Another person may say, I don't know the right connections. Don't you understand? It's not money you need to carry out the plan of God. It's not connections you need to carry out the plan of God. It is a faith in God that what he's put in you, is you have to allow it to come out of you. The question here today is, will you allow the greatness of God that he has already put in you come out of you? Oh, is there a risk? Is there a challenge? Could you fail? May it not happen. Is it possible that it won't come to pass? All of these are real observations. But what? in you trying to fulfill the will of God, that it does come to pass. What is it? Because you do speak what God put in your heart. A soul does get saved. What if that time that you pray and lay hands on someone who's sick, they do get healed? What if the revelation and the insight and the vision does change people's lives? What if you trust God and step out of the boat that you do walk on water too many times we humble ourselves to our flesh we tell ourselves huh, that we can't do it because of this can you imagine what it must have felt like for when for when the disciples saw Jesus walking on the sea First of all, they said, it looks like a ghost. <laughs> uh, they said, no, it is I, it is Jesus. Peter says, with courage, if it is you, bid me to come. <laughs> because they saw him in a place they never saw a man before. They saw him walking on water and he, he, he saw him and his courage rose up and said, if it is you, Bed me to come. 
Do you hear me, y'all? Let me take a tea break real quick. I'll be right back. What is it? What is it? What is it that you see? What is it that you see right now? The disciples saw Jesus walking on the water. Thank you, son. Jesus was walking on the water and the disciples were there to see it. I believe in this season, God is revealing vision to you. He's he's revealing insights and revelations. But the problem is you're having a problem seeing yourself doing what he's revealing to you. That's why I'm challenging you to have great faith. That's why I'm challenging you to have greater faith. And I'm challenging you to have super faith in this season. The Holy Spirit of God. Jesus said, come. Jesus told Peter, come. Peter, once he heard that Jesus released him out of his boat into a new environment that he's never stood on before. He walked out of the boat. He left the other 11 disciples and began to pursue Jesus in an environment that he never walked before. He was walking on water. Ah, I can only talk well at this level. He, 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 he was walking. Listen to me. He was walking on water. Mm. What I'm saying to you, there are some new challenges coming up in your life that you've never done before. But Jesus is bidding you to come, to come to this new level, to come to this next level, to come to this new revelation and realization of who you are. Because God has already put in you the greatness. He's already put into you the greater. He's already put in you the super. But you're not going to realize it till you get out of the boat of your learning. See, the boat is the education of your faith. You must leave the boat of your education and now walk on the water of application. You must now put into effect what you saw in the boat and now perform it in an environment that you're not supposed to be able to stand on. Glory to God. You must understand that that which the Lord has taught us is giving us the ability to function and to dwell in environments. Oh, glory to God. Oh, yes. Can you put some more honey in there, please? Amen. Because there's not no honey in there. Amen. Put a lot in there, please. Amen. God is challenging us to walk into environments. But he is not telling us to go into new environments that he has not already trained us to be successful in. Uh Uh-oh. So now your flesh is telling you you don't know what you're doing. Your flesh is saying you're not made to stand on water. 
Your flesh is challenging you to say that you're not able to function at this level of dimension. But God says, I've trained you already in the boat. I've allowed you to see me. Amen. If you look at the teaching paradigm of Jesus, he always performed the miracles in front of his disciples so that he they could be exposed of what their next ability would be able to do. God did not challenge them to do anything that he didn't already perform in their presence. And so now, God has given you vision. Hmm? God has given you vision. God has given you an ideal. God has given you an insight. God has given you a revelation not to tease you. No, 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 no. God is not trying to tease you. God is trying to provoke you to believe him enough to move from the education of faith to the application of faith. <laughs> it's one thing to go to school. It's one thing to get your degree. But once you graduate from your higher learning, you must now go into the world and put what you've learned to practice to bring forth increase. Because increase is not brought to your life while you are training for your future. Increase is only brought to your life once you practice what you've been trained to do. Tea break. Oh, that's sweet. That's wonderful. I'm going to press through this. Let me tell you something about success. Success is never comfortable. <laughs> Success never feel. Here's the thing that's going to make a lot of y'all uncomfortable when I say it to you. Success doesn't feel good. Being in the fulfillment of your destiny does not feel good. It does not complement your, your flesh. Case in point. Peter moved from his boat of education and began to apply what he has been trained to do. And when he walked on that water, he was very uncomfortable, but he was still walking. He was out of an element that he was used to, but he was still walking. And he made the mistake of looking at his surroundings instead of staying focused on his training. I encourage you that in this season, there's going to be many distractions in your life. There's going to be many things that try to get your attention, but the key to success is staying focused on Jesus, staying focused on your goal, staying focused on what thus saith the Lord, staying focused on what you've been trained to do because too many people fall to the wayside because they allow the environment of their situation to distract them from the path of their destiny tea break. Holy Spirit. is in somebody's business this morning. And I I believe. God told me to tell you. He says, I believe in you. 
I believe what I put in you. I believe that you have great faith. I believe there is even a greater faith. And I believe that if you would press toward the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus, I believe you can tap into a super faith. What was it about the one man who had one talent? What was it about him? He was given one talent. All he had to do is make that one talent double to two. He was so intimidated by the opportunity that the Bible says that he dug a hole and buried his talent. Now, I bring revelation to that. I believe that many people have allowed their talent to be hidden in their flesh because flesh is a form of dirt. Lord, have mercy. How many people have gone to their grave with exceptional abilities? How many people were smarter, more athletic, had more ability, but never made it to the next level because they allowed their ability to be hid in their dirt? in their flesh he said in the scripture to the master he says i was afraid and see here's something about fear that you gotta understand hold on hold on everybody hold on i'm getting ready to tell you something good don't leave me hold on it's something about fear you need to hear just a minute hold on hold on lord have mercy Eastern gives me about 30 seconds of voice. All right, here's something about fear. Fear paralyzes your ability to make an effort. I know the society and the system tells you that you have to have such a accreditation. You gotta have so many degrees. You have, you have to have so much experience. But I've seen people make billions of dollars without a college education because they made an effort in their garage. They made an effort and created their own platforms on Facebook. They made their own in college. While they were in college, they created a multi-billion dollar corporation. Why? Because they made an effort. Don't underestimate the power of effort. Effort is the manifested sign of eternal, internal greatness. You will never see the greatness that's within you until you make an effort. Many of us are great in our minds, but never get the greatness out of our minds because we never make an effort. E-F-F-O-R-T. I stop. I park right there. Effort. You must make an attempt. You must take the risk. Peter walked out of a perfectly good boat to walk into an environment that he never tested before. That's the beauty of education, that once you've been taught something, the next level of education is testing.
There is no graduation without testing. There is no promotion without performance. You can't just be a student of the word. You must be a doer also. The Bible says just can't be a hearer of the word, but you must be a doer also. I challenge you to begin to do what you know to do. Begin to do, to begin to believe God to what he's spoken to your spirit. Amen. I know, I know it's, it's, it's affirming to have two or three people to tell people your dream, to tell people your vision, to tell people what you want to do. It's good when they say, I believe you can do it. It's wonderful to get that affirmation, but even with all the affirmation, until you make an effort, nothing will double in your life. Think about that while I take this break. I think many of us as, as pastors and teachers have not done a good job. We exalt you and say things like God's going to give you double for your trouble. You ever heard that before? But let me tell you something. You can't get in trouble unless you make an effort. <laughs> you can't get in trouble unless you walk out of the boat. You can't get in trouble unless you birth the business. You can't get in trouble unless you marry that person. You can't get in trouble unless you accept the call of God's on your life. There is no double without trouble. Huh? You must put yourself in an environment that, yes, you could fail in. You could fall in, but failing and falling does not cause you to miss your destiny. If you talk to anyone who's been successful in their faith, they would tell you the Bible says a good man falls seven times, but he always gets back up. Falling is part of the process of success. Don't be afraid. Don't be like the man who had one talent and was so afraid to use it, to try to market it. The, the Bible says, the master says, even if you didn't double what I gave you, you should at least gave it to the bank so they could have brought forth interest on I should have had some form of increase. We say this a lot in church. We talk about that God's going to bless you. The truth of the matter is, even in the blessing department, how can you be financially blessed if you won't make the effort to tithe? How can you be financially blessed if you won't even sow? The scripture makes it very clearly, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you don't make the effort, how do you expect to get a return? How is God going to bless a seed that you've never sown? You must make the effort. I've been married for 32 years or is it 33 now, 33, 33 years, let's not get in trouble here. And 
It's exciting after 33 years of marriage. But guess what? If I would have never asked her to marry me, I wouldn't have a testimony 33 years later that I've been married for 33 years. See, most people want to have the success of a thing without making the effort to make it successful. Well, what if it doesn't work, you say? What if we don't make it? What if things don't work out? There's some things about her. There's some things about me. You continually question yourself, but questioning yourself is not an effort. The effort was, at 21 years old, asking a young college girl, will you trust me enough to take my hand in marriage? Will you drop out of school? Will I drop out of school? While we have no guarantees, will you trust God and will you trust love to believe that we can make it crazy, y'all? Just crazy. But that was the moment that we were in. And 33 years later, we can attest and we can testify that God was with us. If I never made the effort I wouldn't have the testimony to encourage you today. Huh. I've been self-employed since I was 23 years old. And man, the people that were trying, I couldn't work for people. They kept firing me because I was just too intelligent for some of them. I was too aggressive. I was just too proactive. Amen. They wanted me just to settle in and just go with the flow. But I had too much energy and I found out I didn't fit in their system and God challenged me to trust him by faith and I moved out of the system of being an employee and began to be self-employed and 30 some years later I'm still self-employed 30 some years later that effort produced enough revenue to raise seven children 30 some years later that effort amen produced an ability to buy homes for my family that effort produced enough to give us a wonderful life amen that effort allowed me the testimony to challenge other men and other women to believe God to be an entrepreneur I wouldn't be able to testify it if I never made the initial effort so here I am here you are the question is are you going to be the one who was given the talent but buried it in your flesh and are sitting there on the wayside afraid to move because you're afraid to lose what was given to you freely are you going to be one of the ones who was given the opportunity, a platform, a gifting, a talent, an opportunity, an open door, and moved through it swiftly and with aggressiveness and brought increase and doubled it? And now because you doubled it, God opens up even greater doors for you. I'm here not to beat you up today. I'm here to challenge you because I believe in you there is great faith. I believe in you there's a greater faith. And I believe in not just some of you, but all of you, there's a super faith. What will you do? Will you wait again 
to move? Will you allow something else to pop up in your life to give you a reason not to move forward? So many people right now, listen to me. Some of you are not saved. Some of you are not committed to God. And God is calling you. God is challenging you to give your heart and your life to God. And here you are. I got some things to fix first. I got some things I got to get free from first. I got some things I got to get delivered from first. I'm working on some things. Once I get some things straight, then I'm going to come to church. Then I'm going to get myself right. No, no, no. That's not how it works. You got to come as you are. You have to make an effort. When you choose God, he begins to move in your life so supernaturally. If you draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to you. You don't have to wait till you stop smoking. You don't have to wait till you're off of drugs. You don't have to wait till you're off the bottle. You don't have to wait till you're out of that shacked up situation. You can draw nigh to God right now and you'll begin to see the supernatural power of God work in your life. Calm down, Dwayne. You ain't got that much voice. What should I do, God? David was in a dilemma. I got to close. David was in a dilemma. The enemy came and snatched up his family, burned up his houses. His wives and his children were kidnapped. His own men were picking up rocks, blaming him for the siege of their children and family. He was in a tumultuous situation. He was in a challenge of his life. It was pressure from every side. This ain't the first time someone great has been under great pressure. That's where great faith comes from. Great faith comes from great pressure. But David stilled himself. He prayed a prayer. He he turned his face to God and God, he asked the question, Lord, should I just take this loss or should I pursue after my enemy? And God spoke to him and said, pursue them and overtake them. This is, you know what? Your failure, your fault, your shortcoming, your disappointment. You're not the first person that's had challenge or disappointment in your life. It is how you respond to the disappointment that's going to determine the true outcome of the situation. David pursued his enemy, overtook his enemy, and took back everything that they stole. I declare and decree in the middle of this pandemic, some of y'all have lost some great things. Some of y'all have lost some family. Some of y'all lost some jobs. Some of you have lost some positions. Some of you have lost some momentum in life. But God told me to challenge you to rise up and begin to function in great faith. Greater faith and super faith in the name of Jesus. I got to close for the day. I thank God for y'all enduring with me through my voice. I just believe this word is so important. Do not be the one with the one talent. Don't allow your flesh to suffocate your God-given supernatural ability. Don't allow your flesh to bury the real greatness that's in you. 
Step out that boat of education and knowledge and begin to apply yourself to the greater you. God is challenging you in the middle of this storm because he knows that what he put in you can still prosper. Have you ever noticed, you ever walk by concrete? You ever walk by sidewalks? Isn't it amazing how thick the concrete or the blacktop is? How, how weeds and grass and foliage still break through the cracks of concrete and a blacktop. It's amazing how that seed presses through an impassable surface so we can reach the sun. Right now, you may be, there's a seed in you that wants to break through the blacktop, the concrete of your situation. And all you need is a little crack to break through. It's amazing. Day after day, it doesn't inch its way up. It's miller, millimeters of movement on a smaller than that every day. But one day it breaks through. And we are amazed how that little blade of grass, that weed breaks through tons of concrete and blacktop. I declare and decree that you're getting ready to break through an impassable surface, an impossible time. You're getting ready to break through something that others thought you could never do because you tapped into your great faith, your greater faith, and yes, your super faith.